Hi, I'm Margo Middleton. I'm a city councillor, and being on Camlips last week is the funnest thing I have done. We are live, uh, everybody, uh, but we're also on tape. We are deep down in the bowels of lease music. It's episode 69 of Kamloops last week. Folds, anything on 69? Well, uh, Man Went to the Moon, 1969. And that, to me, is when I think of 1969, I think of that. And I think Woodstock, right, Mike? Wasn't Woodstock uh, Bell? I think Woodstock was then, yes. yeah. 69, so it was, yeah. It was a kind of a big year, eh? When, uh, you know, everything moved forward there. What about you, Greg, the engineer? What do you think when you think of 69? Bill and Ted's favorite number. Bill and Ted's favorite number. I think of things like Brian Adams or uh, the 69 Mustang that my uncle had that I was in love with. There you go. It's a big number. Cool. we got a big show today. Margot Middleton, Kamloops City Councillor. She'll be in the hot seat to talk to us about everything Kamloops, City of Kamloops, Council. We also have Connor Bedard today, kind of. He's doing a press conference in Kamloops at about 10.30. If you don't know who he is, he's a hockey player. He's 17 years old. He's a phenom. He plays for the Dryna Pats, and they are rolling through BC. They're selling out buildings everywhere they go. They play Kamloops tonight. Everybody wants to talk to Connor Bedard uh, because he is, as you say, a generational player. Uh, and he was the first player in Western Hockey League history to be granted uh, special exemption status, which means he could play younger than mm-hmm. uh, when he's 15, I think, rather than 16. And he's the first player ever to do that in the Western League. So he's like, they're saying he'd be like Con- Connor McDavid, he'll be like Sidney Crosby. Um, he'll be that good, and that's why people want to see him. It's a little bit weird for our show because we don't know what he's going to say at this press conference. We don't know if it's going to be interesting or not, so we're just going to play some of this press conference. We can't analyze it because we don't know what he's going to say. Hoping to also speak to John Paddock, the GM of the Pats. Lots going on there with him and um, potential trade talk with Bedard coming here, and he was asked about it. He said it was a stupid question. We got an email, Kamloops Media, saying, please do not ask our GM about Connor Bedard trades, which we are going to anyway. So the press conference could be juicy. So stay tuned for that. Well, I hope it, makes, it makes sense. To, to not ask would be to not ask the question that everybody wants asked, because you mentioned before that, well, Kamloops is hosting the Memorial Cup, and every team that hosts the Cup wants to beef up their team, almost like you sell everything to win the Cup and then you rebuild. And Connor Bedard's from West Vancouver. This is his home province. So the question everybody is asking that John Paddock's getting tired of is, will they trade him if they're not in a run to make the playoffs or to go far? Yeah, and we're going to get into that more in my segment at the end of the show, so stay tuned. Title of Hastings. Meanwhile... We have a new segment debuting next week. Bill, can you hit the video, please? Reader's Digest, that's our mayor, Kamloops Mayor Reed Hamer Jackson, and he's going to join us monthly every, the first Wednesday of every month to talk about whatever's going on in the city. Yeah, the first appearance is scheduled for December 7th, so it should be good. Isn't it the 6th? 6th, 7th. What's next Wednesday? 7th. December 7th? 7th? Yes. Okay. December 7th is the first segment. We're looking for sponsors for the naming rights. Reader's Digest, sponsored by... Brought to you by... Maybe Chapters Bookstore. Something like that would be good, eh? Maybe Cold Control Mechanical. Yes. Vinny, the guy. What happened there? Well, my furnace grenaded itself. Well, actually, you know what? It, It didn't grenade itself. What happened was there's a flaw in the furnace design itself. 
going way back to 20 years ago, where the secondary condenser um, combustion chamber failed putting CO2 into the furnace. And you thought right away, because of this show and the advertising that's done on the show, who did you think to call? Absolutely called Vinny at Cold Control Mechanical, and he came out. Uh, he, he, of course, does stuff with us, uh, with our commercial stuff as well. But uh, he came out, had a look, and you know, it's, it's about getting the right guy with the right tools and honesty, a big shot of honesty, because he said, look, hey, uh, this could be under warranty, you know what? I think I'm going to probably chat with Vinny, and, and he's going to put a new furnace in, anyways. Honesty and is the is the most important thing when, you, especially for service calls. Even if they pay a little more, as long as they, you know you, they're not going to come back the next day because something else screwed up, right? Well, it's Vinny and Dustin. They do a great job. They are honest. They're fair, and um, they don't always do residential. Though they they want to focus more on commercial. We should mention that, and hopefully maybe they want to come back on our show and sponsor perhaps Reader's Digest. Now, last weekend. All three of us. I should say it's Chris Folds, Greg the Engineer, Magic Mike and Bill at the controls today. But it was just us three again, as we always do this time of year. And what were we doing last weekend together? Uh, we were looking for a place to go ice skating because it was cold and, and uh, thought it would be nice to do that. Right, at Folds, as he normally does, he comes up with these great ideas. And what was your idea? Well, I said, why don't we stop by McDonald's, get some hot coffees, two each, because we're going to be out there for a while. And because and they're absolutely. so cheap, they're only one dollar, yeah. a buck five with tax. And yeah, so two dollars for a latte. That's right. Yeah. So, um, so we, we went, and I, I grabbed, I bought the coffees because that's the magnanimous guy I am. And we went to, I you said, let's go to Inks Lake. I didn't realize how windy it was, but you we actually had free like, coupons. You're cheap. You didn't buy right, anything. Yeah. We know that. <laughs> two, two for one. He's Scottish. Yeah, yes. <laughs> he's Scottish. <laughs> we went out to Inks Lake, but on the way, because you were feeling a little bit famished, I know we stopped in somewhere. Yeah. So um, it's it's going to sound really crazy, uh, but uh, you know, I got a, a cheeseburger as well. Um, we we got the coffees in Valley View. We stopped in uh, up on the hill, got some cheeseburgers, and you actually overindulged. I think you had about eight coffees because they were so cheap. So what did we have to do? We had to go to get the Strauss. We had to get right. Strauss prostate drops to clear you out from <laughs> yes. New Leaf Produce Market because you can't help yourself. The coffees are so good, you start drinking so many of them. It, it is true. You know, I am really good, and my brain doesn't tell me when to stop. Mm. But. You know, the, the house um, drops really do uh, help out a lot. The house ones and so do the Strauss ones. And <laughs> also, what happens to if you have 48 coffees like you do, eventually you burn out and you just, you fall flat down. Luckily, we were at Gord's at the time, Gord's Appliance and Mattress mm -hmm. Center, and you fell onto a Sealy. Yeah, and you know what's amazing is that uh, Chris was on the other side of the bed with his coffee. And even though I fell hard, all 200 pounds of me... <laughs> <laughs> It didn't bump him at all, and his coffee didn't uh, no, spill. No, that's because of the the proprietary uh, technology in keeping the, in the keeping sun. the springs uh, solid, so that if your partner's turns, you only know they're in the bed. That's right. Everybody wins again. Great job, guys. And uh, I know Chris that you have a s score to settle with me. I do. Yes, because uh, we had uh, we wager often on this um, on this on this webcast and elsewhere. So the last wager we had was uh, whether Canada, the men's soccer team, would escape their, their group of the World Cup. I said they would not. Mm -hmm. You said they would. Alas, they have not. So you I stand me. by my passion and, and patriotism. You obviously don't love your country and you don't believe in them. I did. They, they should have advanced. They should have beat Belgium. I blame, well, 
Herman for not putting David to take that kick. I, if they I score, that if they text, score first, that they would have won that game. I think they, I think they win. And that I would have won that huge bet, and my son would have won thousand dollars. So I blame Herdman. For, he owes my son a thousand bucks, basically. <laughs> exactly. I'm sure he's got uh, bigger things to worry about. I pay my bets. And Herdman, you. it should be noted, he also coached the women to greatness yes. before he moved over to the men. So yes. he's, he's a good coach. I read about him too. He had a really tough upbringing. He was a fighter near Newcastle. He had a terrible yeah. parental Never situation. played professional soccer, but always wanted to be in the game. He's almost like, what's his name? Matt Bardsley. Yeah, Matt Bardsley, yeah. who was a drummer, by the way, if you didn't know that. Matt Bardsley, the former GM of the Blazers, was a drummer. Yes. Oh, there you never, go. Never, I don't think he even skate, and he's, he's one of the best GMs in junior hockey. Kind of interesting. Okay, let's move on because it's 9.20. Margo's out in the parking lot right, right now, and we were supposed to talk about David Eby and Tim Schultz still. Ah, we could talk about it at the end. It's we'll fun. talk about that at the end. Let's move on to Above the Folds with Margo Middleton, brought to you by Gorge Appliance and Mattress Center. Don't want the nine hour cycle, please! Freaking $500 hydro bill piece of trash. I need to speak to Gord on the Niner! Hey, no, I'm actually Steve, the new owner. First things first, pal, you should probably update your sign. Number two, my dishwasher is mangled, tangled again. The nine hour cycle, hydro bill through the roof. You guys don't fix appliances, I know that, so I need a new one. We actually do fix appliances, but if you want, I can try some new ones first and have a look. You got a price in mind? Money's not an obstacle for me. <laughs> Money's definitely an obstacle. He's the cheapest guy in Kamloops. Ain't that right, Darby? <laughs> well, this here is gonna be your Cadillac model, top of the line. This is our middle of the road dishwasher, just a great dishwasher at a great price. This is our budget friendly model, still a great dishwasher, just at a bit of a lower price. Price doesn't work for me. Let's see if you can fix mine at home. Alrighty then. There you go, seems to be good. How's the fridge working? The fridge is fine, Gord. It's Steve. Before we introduce Margot Middleton, some housekeeping I forgot to do, Chris. Who's this? This is the bear, the KTW bear. And in today's newspaper, uh, Wednesday, November 30th, print edition of Canvas This Week, uh, there's an uh, explanation of what these things are. You visit... Uh, dozen or two different uh, retailers in town. You shop local, you enter a contest. Every store will give away one of these bears of varying sizes. And then everybody who enters, even those who don't win the bear, are entered into a grand prize draw. And the first prize is uh, a Dunes golf pass for the season. Second prize is a $1,000 gift certificate to Safeway. Third prize, 500 bucks at the Safeway gas bar. The bears are cool. We also have Christmas cheer going on and we'll talk more about that later. This is Brad Marchand. Thank you for joining us today. Okay, Marco. Good morning. Thank you for joining us today. Congratulations. Well, thank you very much, and thank you for having me here. How's the first month been? It's been uh, lots of learning. Uh, I found out that I didn't know as much as I thought I did, and I've I think got everybody lots finds and lots yeah. to learn. Mm -hmm. Give so us an example of that. Like, what, what were some things? Well, I think there's probably not a lot of realization from even those, you know, working closely with the city on that is how much the city actually does, what the city is responsible for, how many sort of pieces of the community that, uh, that work directly with the city. Uh, there's organizations that uh, I didn't know existed that, you know, come up regularly now in conversation and email and whatnot around the city that uh, that I wasn't aware of. Mm -hmm. And it, so we're a, we're a big city with a, uh, you know, a lot on the go. And council is, 
you know, you know, the uh, a lot of the decision making, a lot of the stuff that's uh, going on, you know, throughout the city is in council's hands to to make those decisions. And so, yeah, big task. Yeah, for sure. Why do you think you resonated with voters, and how thrilled were you to to get in? Well, I think perhaps the fact that I'm, you know, I've been in Kamloops a long time and a fairly familiar face to a lot of people, uh, particularly those that might have been, uh, you know, had children the same age as mine and were, you know, when I was very involved with a lot of sports associations, hockey, I spent, you know, half my life in a rink. You were on various hockey boards. I saw in your in your. So was that for your kids in there? You also like hockey? Yeah, no, that's it. Started with you know my kids being involved mm -hmm. and stepping up. I think I started as a team manager because you know every team needs a manager, yeah. and then evolved from there, and then through various positions in minor hockey, um, all the way up to sort of a VP, rep director, and whatnot. And it was you know it was a significant part time job back in those days, all done by volunteers. Mm -hmm. We didn't have uh, any paid staff at all in minor hockey back in those days, so volunteerism was the key to minor hockey's success, and still, still is today. Is, yeah, yes, but yep. but that. So a lot of people would have known me through that a lot through through my business that I've been you know working at on a full time basis local here for the, the business. Past I want to ask you about years. that because it's uh, it's uh, Middleton uh, Installations. Yes, is it? And, and I, I looked it up, and I'm, I'm, I'm no handyman guy, but is it basically you install and you remove and you do other stuff with fuel tanks for, for petrol stations, no? Yes, that would be a sort of um, a brief version yeah. or sort <laughs> yeah. of uh, yeah. what we so do. So you can go in there and you can things. take out a tank and put it back in? Me, myself? Yeah. <laughs> I could tell somebody how to do it. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know That's that physically yeah. I could go and do it, but yeah. I've been doing this for 35 years. I started my first uh, office desk or our office was my kitchen table. Our residential home phone was our, became our business phone. Wow. And so I have been sort of, you know, processing work, uh, invoicing, uh, bidding jobs, mm -hmm. uh, uh, organizing them for many, many years, and it was something that I, I basically learned as I went. Literally learned on the job. Yes, yeah. ex exactly, very much. How do you think that business acumen is going to help you on council? I think that it gives me a little bit of a, um, a bit of an, an on-hand knowledge of, of how employees and businesses, and the city is a business, it's a corporation, how we need to interact with our employees who are our most valuable asset. Um, you can't run anything without people, so we need to have that firsthand on how to treat our, you know, our city staff and our city employees the best way possible to keep them engaged and to, you know, to get the big job of running the city done. So I think first and foremost is when you're running business, and you're signing the paychecks and you're trying to make sure that your staff is is staying sort of engaged with you um, by in all those sort of factors. I deal with that on a daily basis and have for years and I think that that's helpful to have on council some people who have been you know sort of either previous in business or still in business to to be able to dial into that key component of uh, your human resources, your people, as being your most valuable asset. Switching gears a bit, homelessness, you care about homelessness and, and doing better in that area. So how are we doing and how can we do better? 
Well, I think we're, we can certainly do better. It's a, a huge task and, and getting bigger as, you know, as time progresses. And certainly in the winter, the challenges with shelter and, you know, trying to keep, you know, the, the homeless um, housed in somewhere safe uh, for them is, is a challenge. You know, the city works with, you know, a lot of the agencies. I know, you know, our current mayor, that is first and foremost uh, on his agenda right now is to try and uh, make better, mm -hmm. you know, our situation. But it's a big task and there's many players in it. So on that matter there, how do you feel about the way he's handled that with the visits and then BC Housing saying, can you please stop handling it in that way? And him saying, I'm not going to do that until people are housed. So how do you think about that? Well, I, I think there are two references. I mean, we have to remember, too, that our suppliers to um, to the city or to the homeless ant within our city, whether they be, you know, contracted by the provincial government, there's federal money coming in, however that's being, being funded and housed, these are also businesses and they have human resources too. So I think we need to to look at how we're treating them and our expectation. Yes, we want them to be doing the best job possible, but right now doing the best job possible is really tough for everybody, whether it's, you know, whether it's nonprofit societies, whether it's, uh, you know, whether it's ASK, whether it's BC Housing, no matter who it is, we're all faced with really similar challenges. And that's, you know, our ability to uh, have enough manpower to do the job, to keep that manpower safe and healthy. Uh, we're all faced with the same thing. So back to your question of, you know, what do I think about the mayor sort of going yeah. on? Uh, his approach I, to it. His, his approach is very, um, I'm going to say, in your face is he's not he's not giving anybody a um, a free ride and you know for for our city that's not necessarily a bad thing um, I you know I commend the mayor for for being you know so involved in that on that note about uh, the homelessness the social disorder people on the streets who might be victims of their own circumstances and don't know it during the election campaign and before uh, a number of councillors, uh, Michael Riley was one, um, uh, and David Eby, uh, before he became Premier, said, because people were saying, is that a control? We need to help the people. And David Eby and O'Reilly both said they're in favour of uh, mandatory uh, treatment or bringing people, even if it's against their will, so they can get better. Uh, that's very controversial. The civil, li civil libertarians are saying, no, you can't do it. New York Mayor just yesterday, big, big news in the States, said, forthwith everybody who's on the street and doesn't need to be there is going to be um, admitted to a hospital, psychiatric hospital, whether they want to go or not until they're better. And it's a big deal down there. A lot of people are applauding it. A lot of people are criticizing it. What's your view on that? Um, if I had to say on, a, on just sort of a, a one-liner, I would say I am in favor. Mm -hmm. So I feel that you know, the the situation has grown to the point now where we are not going to be able to manage it or the people, you know, that are, are suffering um, by just allowing this situation to continue as it is. So I think that's going to need to be potentially like a tool in the toolbox that, that 
you know, we in, in BC are going to have to help manage. But that being said, is we don't have enough facilities. Yeah. We don't all say, well, yeah, we're well, just going to haul you all in. We're just going yeah. to, you know, we're going to, uh, you know, we're going to place you all into some sort of a facility, and we're going to give you all this helping hand to to uh, to get over or or you know try and recover. That needs to be their first, absolutely. But, I mean, it's going to take years mm -hmm. to ramp up and get enough facilities or, you know, facilities in the right places, uh, you know, the right size, uh, staff to manage and maintain them. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, you know, you, you can't just say, well, we're going to build a building no, no. and this is where you're all going to go. It's It has to be... And on that note, those years didn't go by anyway, so... Get get started on it, right? Stop. Well, like, we'll get started to, on yeah, it, but it's stop talking and start doing it. Start and it's probably, it. I mean, we're going to get a lot worse before we yeah. get better. Just you know, on, on our own, just just maintaining or or keeping the system as it is, is it's only going to get worse. We always like to give Mike Miltimore a question, Magic Mike, for uh, <laughs> our counselors. Anything there, Mike? Well, you know, last week I uh, went on a time journey with uh, Mike O'Reilly, and it, it, it got a little uh, heated there, I guess, a little bit. But So I want to go nice and easy with you, but I also want to take you on a time journey back into the 90s, the golden era of Kamloops. And I'm always all about the, the music end of things and the arts and the, that, that end of things. Uh, we had a group called TKO, Teens of Kamloops Organization, and that was put on by uh, the city of Kamloops and an employee named Einer Larson. And Einer would... Uh, put on uh, activities, band, concerts, all these kind of things to help support our youth uh, playing music in our community. That has seemingly disappeared uh, completely. We, we've lost venues and we've lost uh, some of that support. Are you supportive of having um, a group uh, like that started again within the city to help uh, encourage and, and support our youth musicians? I am, and if we are to do this as a back-end time, and when we talk about the 90s, let me go back to the 70s. Ooh, I, I like the 70s. <laughs> so let music. me go back to the 70s. So uh, when I was in high school, one of our significant uh, uh, teen groups in Kelowna and throughout the Okanagan, and Kamloops actually at one point in time had their own branch of Teen Town, we were a you were teen town mayor. I was a teen town mayor. That's that was so. Watch out! Watch out! Watch out! Coming yep. after you. A teen town mayor, That's as right. well as involved in the other associations that comprised the group of teen towns. So we had North Okanagan Teen Association. We had South Okanagan Teen Association. So the various teen associations all belong to this sort of. Uh, governing body that directed how teen towns operated and under what parameters. So we went to conventions. Uh, we were part of, I was also the, uh, I think we called it the president, but of the uh, teen, you know, the um, South Okanagan Teen Association. We went to, to different and varying uh, things. We raised money. We were big supporters back in that day of the March of Dimes where mm -hmm. we had events and raised money. We would put somebody up on top of the NW drive-in on a 
on a bike and and they or just on a on a exercise bike and they had to pedal for hours for donations and we hosted major events during Kelowna Regatta. We brought in bands. Uh, we brought in uh, back in the day. We had uh, Chilliwack perform. We had uh, the Stampeders. We had Merrily Rush. Well, so Rush. if you go way back in in when you know this was the type of uh, things that our teen town was doing. And uh, it was it was a great time, and it was a great organization, and and it brought together, you know, sort of teens from from all walks. And you need to take the time machine back to 2022, though, and and what can we do now, though? I think, right? Mike? I, I would be happy to volunteer and be part of uh, something that would help. Uh, empower and uh, support our, our youth. Youth, yeah, no, and I would certainly be in favor of that. And part of my platform when I was running was Kamloops Youth. I yes, really yeah. think that that we need to do more and we need to provide uh, opportunities for our youth to belong to uh, to groups and associations that they can resonate with too. Is You don't want to create or have something and they're just going, to look, ah, I don't think I'd really that doesn't interest me. I wouldn't want to belong to that, or I see no value in that. You so know, you have I, to create uh, stuff that, that the youth can buy into and they would like to participate in. In Abbotsford, when I lived there and worked at the paper there, the city had a bunch of uh, committees, just like, the, and one of them was the Youth Commission. And on the Youth Commission was a city councillor and some um, some adults, but a lot of youth from this from the school. So maybe that could be one of Reed's task force slash committees. You know how we have the heritage and we have our uh, recreation. Maybe have a youth commission, a youth, and have the kids from the school tell the city what the youth need. Yeah, there, there, be that could be something, that and you could be on right the committee right here. there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There you I go. could be. Yeah. No, that would there be you go. that would be a super idea. No, engaging the youth and getting them involved and giving them a place to to meet as as groups and and gather and have fun events, stuff they want to do. Okay. One last question. One last question. It's an important question. In, uh, in the October 15th civic election, there were 38 people running for three levels of office, mayor, councillor, school trustee. Of those 38, only one pledged to give all of her earnings to charity. Oh, yes. And that was Margot Milton. So that's $40,000. A, are you still going to do it? B, have you chosen a charity? If not, C, KTW Christmas Cheer Fund sounds like a pretty damn good place to send that money. <laughs> Where are we at with that? So yes, that is still my intention to donate my after-tax dollars. Mm -hmm. There, there was no way to just sort of say, "Hey, don't pay me. Send the money somewhere yeah. else." Uh, that's not an option. I checked into that. So I do have to receive the money. I do have to claim it as income. Right. Uh, I have worked, you know, hard throughout my life. I've been very fortunate. Uh, these funds that are coming to me, you know, from my from my work with the city, is is not funds that I need to put groceries on my table or uh, you know pay a mortgage or anything like that. I'm fortunate that way, and I would like to see that money go back to the community. I have not exactly figured where that will go, but I would like to make sure that it goes back to to societies and charities and whatnot that provide benefit to the residents of Kamloops. Oh, one more question. What do you do for fun? What are some of your hobbies? 
Well, I golf badly. Okay. So Are I, you a member somewhere? I do ladies' night up at uh, Bighorn yeah, or Bighorn. Sun Rivers back in the day. There was a time when I golfed a lot more, but uh, but now I, I usually just golf once a week. Uh, we spend a lot of time up. up we have a um, recreational home up in East Barrier, um, so I spend quite a bit of time up there. I, uh, I do a fair amount of sports watching and... Uh, uh, with my grandchildren, of whom I have many, and I, if I sort of say what's the one thing I do just for me, for fun, and they'll probably think this is the most boring thing in the world, but I love doing jigsaw puzzles. So. Jigsaw puzzles, oh, okay, <laughs> so yeah. I, if I have spare time or if I've got like 10 minutes, I always like to have a jigsaw puzzle on the go. And have I you ever done a, one of the 3D ones? No, yeah. I'm chicken. My son does, did, did one with the, uh, uh, yeah. the Space Needle. I, it's very hard to do. I know, and yeah. I like doing jigsaw puzzles to be my relaxation and enjoy it. So I like Probably to do puzzles pizza. that I know <laughs> that I can actually do, and I have a reasonable chance of actually finishing it in uh, a somewhat decent time. Well, you've been a wonderful piece of our puzzle on the show today. Thank you very much for joining us. Oh, I'd like to make an announcement, please. I love McDonald's. I truly, madly, deeply do. And I'd like to order two medium coffee, both with two cream. Good shit. Do you like a shut up express one any of those today? Oh, I think I'm good on that. I'm fired up enough here. I guess the first thing we should talk about is how cool this night is for hockey fans. Greg the engineer, you're going tonight. What are you mostly excited about tonight? Seeing a, seeing a big star like Connor Bedard. There you go. And tons of young hockey fans. My buddy Dewey was in town from Vernon the other night. He went to the Kelowna game with his kids. So many kids want to come see this young man play. He's amazing. They're selling out all the buildings. It's a great night for Kamloops hockey fans. It is. I'm going to be there tonight. I'm going to be watching it with my son because uh, when my son was back in Montreal going to school, he actually said, when he's coming back here, he said, hey, uh, uh, the Pats coming to town because he wants to see him. So yeah. everybody wants to see this kid play. So um, the pressure on this kid must be immense. Yeah, and right now Regina 3-0 on this road trip. Yeah. They beat Vancouver 3-0, Victoria 9-5, Kelowna last night 6-5 in overtime. In overtime, yeah. Bedard didn't have a great game last night, but he assisted an assist. on the OT yeah. Yeah. winner. So now this game in Kamloops, for so many reasons, has more marquee to it. Can Kamloops stop there, run through uh, can, the BC division? Can they be the one team? Do they go to Prince George after this? They yeah, go to PG they do, after yeah. this. So yeah. can they be the first team to stop the Pats and yeah. stop the, the next generational player? I'm pretty sure it's clear that John Paddock and the Pats don't love the Kamloops media and they don't want us to ask questions about the trade because he's probably sick of them. Yep. Steve Ewan of the province asked Paddock that question right before the road trip started in Vancouver, and he said, that's a stupid, stupid question. question. That's, that's a stupid right. question. There's only one place that's coming out of, and that's in BC. Mm -hmm. I think he was referring to Kamloops. It's obviously not a stupid question. I think John Paddock was trying to control the narrative before the road trip to try and scare reporters off from asking the question, which is not going to happen. And then we get an email from the Blazers via the Pats. So the Pats saying Connor Bedard and John Paddock will not be answering trade questions. As for Bedard, of course, I would not ask a 17-year-old player, do you think you're going to be traded? That's cool. I'm not going to ask him that question. That's not for him. John Paddock, it's fair game mm -hmm. for that question. So we're going to go to this press conference, or I am, in about 20 minutes, and the Camelot media is all geared up for it, and we're hopefully going to get to ask this question. We'll see how it goes. We'll play some of the video. You edit it together, and it'll be it'll yeah. be on this show after after we're talking here. It could be very short. Maybe it's one question. And he says bye bye. He um, might be sitting. You know, he might pull out. Well, like, <laughs> Brooksy, you're out of here. Yeah. 
Uh, has ownership ruled out a conduit art trade? No, so I just heard today on Christmas thing, there's like 300 different languages that some songs sang, so do you speak some different language? What's that, sorry? Do you speak some different language? No, I speak English. It's been, it's been said what's done. Okay, so. Why, why have we been asked not to ask? You because if you're working for the Blazers, I'm filing tampering charges. Okay? I don't work for the Blazers. Okay. But never before in the history of the league has there been a sport player. This started in June in this town. So, again, you must not be speaking English because instead what's, what's going to happen? What is it going to be like to play against uh, Logan, the guy you won gold medals with in the world? Yeah, it'll be exciting. I mean, uh, you know, he's probably the best player in the league, so uh, to match up against him is, is, is going to be fun. And, you know, uh, a good challenge for us, and, you know, we're excited for that. Sorry, did you think uh, Logan Sankle is the best player in the league? Isn't that you? <laughs> no, I mean, he's he's nuts. I mean, what he what he's doing, I mean, I, I try to watch watch him a lot and, and stuff. And, uh, you know, what he's what he's done in, in this league is, is crazy. So, uh, you know, I uh, wouldn't, wouldn't say I'm better than him, but, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be a fun game. I asked Logan about playing you. He said he wants to out-compete you. He said it's a chance for him to show that, uh, you know, he's a, he's a big dog too. So what do you make of the challenge of um, playing Logan? Yeah, I haven't really thought about, you know, that much. I mean, it's, it's for Johnny vs. Kamloops still. It's not, not you know, a two-man two thing. But, you know, whenever you get to, to play against one of those guys, it's uh, obviously uh, obviously fun and, and it's going to be competitive. And, you know, I mean, but, you know, I'm going to play my game and uh, he's going to play his game. So I don't I don't know how much we'll get into, a, you know, 1v1 sort of thing. So what's your relationship like with Sean McCluston? Uh, we made lots of great deals. From my first year in the league, we traded uh, him... Um, uh, Hunt and uh, Burroughs for Connor Hobbs and a big deal and Matt Bradley acquired from so yeah Sean and I have a good relationship. So why do you think there has been so much chatter in this town? Well, you guys are making I talked to Fraser Minton, your old friend, and I asked him to put himself in your shoes with all the media frenzy and he said he wondered if you don't ever wish you could just not have it, if you just play hockey. I mean do you ever feel like that? Uh, it depends on the day, I guess. I mean, you know, sometimes you're, you're not really feeling it, but, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's part of it, and, uh, you know, I don't mind it. It's, uh, people people aren't asking you, then, then there's a problem. So, um, you know, I think it's uh, it's a good thing, and, you know, you try to enjoy it as much as you can. Wait, I mean, you can understand he has, he has a, no, why, we, why the whole, no, whole hockey world wants to know. No, he has a no trade clause. He does not want to be traded. He's not going anywhere. We don't want to trade him, and he doesn't want to be traded. It's simple. No, it's not all you're looking for because it's been going on since June. I've never asked you the question. Never had. I know, but you probably wrote about it or asked somebody about it. No, no, it's okay. We'll get them to understand someday. What is your policy with social media? And that's where a lot of that noise comes from. I mean, do you try and stay away from it, or how do you deal with it? Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm not really on it too much. I'm just, uh, you know, posting, posting the odd thing, whatever. But uh, you know, for me, it's just trying to stay away from it like you said i mean when, when you see stuff you can't control it it's, it's not a big deal but uh, i think if you see stuff all the time then you know you uh kind of maybe get focused on on the wrong things what's been more of a grind for you this season or what we're doing here today you think you would have uh, got back from to Kamloops from Kelowna last night at probably 1 30 in the morning after an overtime game where you played a ton and now you're trotted out here to all these media you know people asking you questions about the draft you know, I spoke to you at 15, and you know you were kind of smile on your face and like doing it. But, but I'm thinking after a couple of years, of this uh, it's it's been a lot for you. Uh, yeah, I mean it's it's good though. I, I'm not 
you know, uh, I, don't, I don't hate it, but, uh, you know, I think sometimes, you know, like you said, I got in pretty late last night, so a little tired might not be as, uh, as jumpy as, you know, as a couple of years ago, but, um, no, I mean, it's, it's all right, and, uh, you know, obviously it's part of it, like I said. I mean, it's good, good people, people want to know about what are the risks of not doing it. I mean, what do you mean, what are the risks of not doing it? I mean, for the, you have the chance to set up the franchise for the future. I've been through both. I've rebuilt. I've had to spend like crazy when we host the Moral Cup because we're better next year. I know there's, there's, there's nothing also, to do with it. There's also sides why I can understand why the Pats wouldn't want to do it for having him being drafted. We're not doing it. We're not wanting to. We're not doing it. And Connor has the final say. He has a no trade. He wants to be a Regina Pat and finish his career in Regina. Clear. Thank you. That was fun. Should mention also. Well, I don't know if it was fun. It might have been terrible. Who knows? But uh, <laughs> I think I'm, I'm just guessing as as Nostradamus looking into the future and coming back. I think you got yelled at. That's what I'm guessing. That's yeah. all. Yeah. And, I, yeah, and that's 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 what I'm thinking. And Fraser Minton saying, I thought it was interesting. I, I bet you. I asked him, put yourself in Connor's shoes, and he said, I wonder if he doesn't think, man, I wish sometimes the media would just the media would just leave me alone. Yeah. I mean, and I just want to play hockey, and I can understand that too. I mean, like you said, it's a ton of pressure. Yeah. Apparently, he's handling it really well. Yeah. <clears throat> He's getting used to it. And I understand why Regina wants to protect him. Let's move on. David Eby. Yeah, David Eby, oh, we were going to talk about some some health care news. David Eby has, has been doing a lot of announcements since he got in. And the latest, uh, and there's a local one that's kind of tied to it. David Eby has, uh, he opened up some uh, some more um, uh, uh, spots for, for doctors. Um, He's uh, easing, they're trying to ease the, uh, the the hoops that internationally trained doctors must go through when they come here to, to start practicing, to speed it up. Right now, if you're trained elsewhere as a doctor and you come to BC, um, a, lot, a lot of times you have to wait years because you have to, uh, you have to upgrade and, and, and meet, meet, meet the standards here. Where, where, where some of the countries, where you come from, the standards are just fine. Um, I had interviewed uh, BC Liberal leader Kevin Falcon a couple weeks ago. He brought that up as an issue. He said there's a lot of um, British Columbia kids who go elsewhere, Poland, Barbados, for, for, uh, to become doctors, to learn how to be doctors because there's not enough room here. But when they come back, they can't practice for a while because the standards have to be met up. And he says it, it can be done easier, faster. EB's doing that now. And locally, uh, Tim Schultz, our former boss, he's now the executive director of the Thompson Region Family Division. It's it's a division of uh, that helps doctors recruit. Who without him we wouldn't have this show. That's so right. Thank you, Tim. Yeah, Schulze helped set up this show. So he's he's part of the Thompson Region um, Family Division of Doctors. Can't remember the full name, but what they do is it's 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 a group, provincially funded group uh, that that helps recruit and retain doctors for each each region. Uh, and what they've done is they've uh, they've started a uh, a sponsorship thing. They're asking uh, businesses, corporations maybe like uh, Margot Milliton or maybe like uh, Lee's Music and uh, River Song Guitar, to, um, to donate money to help them send staff to all these you know, job recruiting fairs all over North America. And they, basically they go and say, hey, why should you come and practice in Kamloops? Here's the incentives. So basically you sponsor a doctor. It's, interesting. it's, a, it's an interesting thing. It's basically donating money, companies donate money to this, to this group that Tim Schultz runs. He sends his staff to job fairs, basically, to yeah. convince doctors to come here. And he says, if we don't do it, someone else is well, going to do it. Well, whatever we can do sounds good to me. I mean, yep. who here? I don't have a family doctor. Do you guys have a family doctor? I do, yes. Mike does. Greg yeah. does. No. I do in Logan Lake. Bill has one in Logan, See, Logan Lake. Logan Lake, there you go, yeah. So, 
So it's interesting what they're doing. Like the thinking outside the box is what they're doing. And uh, some people will say, well, that shouldn't have to be done. But if you look back, um, you know, the, uh, the, the hospital foundations, I thought they were a new thing. They're, they're not. Like the, the um, Sunshine Coast uh, Hospital Foundation was, was founded in 1930 to build a hospital there. And the provincial government said, okay, but you got to raise so much money and we'll, we'll put the rest in. Burnaby General Hospital was built in 19, 1942. Same thing. The Burnaby Hospital Foundation volunteers came together. They had to raise so much money and the provincial and federal governments gave more money. That's before Medicare came in, before the Canada Health Act came in in 1965. So that was before it was a public health care system. So we, it's always been like this. It's never been 100% the government will pay for medical. It, there's always been these tiers. Why are there so many South African doctors? Do we know this? I don't know, but there are a lot There's here. There's so many. Even back growing up in White Rock, we had my buddy Lawrence Perrell, a doctor. It just seemed like every time I go into the walking clinic, it's a South African. What's the reason? I don't know, but I had two doctors when I first moved to Kamloops. The first one was Dr. Kruger from South Africa, and then he moved. He was replaced by another Dr. Kruger from South Africa, no relation. And then he, he, he moved, and that left me without a doctor. Um, so I don't know why, but there's a lot of South African Kruger doctors. Kruger Park in South Africa, I've been there. Have you? No, I have not. <laughs> Wildlife Park. <laughs> but I've seen Freddy Krueger in that movie where he was in your dreams all the time. So, David Eby's very tall. You like that. He's like 6'9 or something. Tall drink You're of water. With that. And his, his wife is a family doctor as well, David Eby. There you go. Is yeah. her name, first name Krueger? Uh, it might be. I'm not sure, yes. But, uh, but uh, yeah, his, he, 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 she was actually, she went back to school to become a doctor. And he talked about, uh, about, about the story about how she went there and how it took a long time and everything. But anyway, so, yeah, he, he, he's... He's close to the situation because his wife's a doctor, so she probably knows about. She's a family doctor, so she probably knows about the pressures of being a family doctor. You're a small business person, actually, and it's it's a lot of work. So, anyway, anything else? I'm glad Conor Bedard was overseeing this conversation. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, doctors. Well, yeah, and you know, there you go. He's like he's a doctor on ice. This guy, he's uh, he has surgical <laughs> he's precision when he scores his goals. Absolutely, yes. We would be remiss if we didn't talk about the great win that happened on uh, on Sunday, Sunday night. Uh, in in the downtown Kamloops core, where we had the oh, biggest crowd I've yes. ever I was ever there seen. I was there. I took some video. I was at the um, the uh, Santa Claus parade because my stepdaughter Isabel and her class at Kamloops dancing. School of the Arts were dancing. And it, it was so ma it was magical. I don't mean to be all like syrupy and shit, but it was magical <laughs> because we were on St. Paul waiting, freezing death. No no toque, no gloves. I didn't think it'd be that cold. It was very cold. Yeah. But the snow just started to fall, and the lights on all the uh, floats, and they started moving just as the snow was falling. It was almost like you know one of those Capra movies. It was how was so Slayer? How did Slayer perform? That, that's why Hallmark comes here so much. It's so nice. It's so beautiful. And you were you were there too? Yeah. Slayer. So our entire team, Bill, Greg, um, a bunch of our teachers and ex employees, all got together and we formed a metal marching band named Slayer. Mm. S L E I G H E R. Right. Yeah. And we decked out our truck with lighting and truss and you smoke. won uh, what what. Prize did you get? Third place Third for That's Santa right. Claus. That's award. right. Yes. And uh, and 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 my stepdaughter's. Uh School, Camel School, there, so they got second place for their for their float. So that's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Good. There you go. That yes. was not there. I didn't go this year. It was nice. It was really it was really cool. It was um and it, it was very successful. In fact, so successful that Howie Reimer, we should have him on the show one of these times mm -hmm. to yeah. talk about downtown stuff. Howie Reimer, the executive director of Downtown Kamloops, um, he said that they're going to try to increase the number of floats. They had to cap it at 58 this year because of insurance 
purposes. Yeah. And he had, I think, a waiting list of maybe dozens. I see more. him at the he gym, eh? How he, I'll ask him. But I remember he went on Twitter one time saying, or, or Facebook saying, how he hates talking to people at the gym. Mm -hmm. But then we run into each other and, and uh, like we kind of have these conversations. So I don't. I feel like I shouldn't be talking to him because he, is he annoyed the whole time? He's like, also, I, I don't like to talk to people at the gym either. No, he's also. But tall. I like Howie. So what do we do here? He's a tall drink of water, eh? You got to talk to you him. You love like this, how, how tall people are. Well, he's a tall guy. You got to look up to him. Yeah, he's yeah. a nice guy. I like Howie. Howie's a great guy. I just the gym, yeah. now like the gym kind of etiquette, I don't know what to do. I think we should mob him at the gym all the time. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Howie, how's it going? Want to come on the show? You should tell people. What gym is that? Planet Fitness? Planet Fitness. So if you're Planet <laughs> Fitness and you see tall Howie Reimer, he wants you to go up and say hi to him. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Okay, turned out to be a pretty fun show. Margot was great. So was Herman and Gord Stevens from Gord's Appliance and Mattress Center. Herman Hothi from New Leaf Produce Market. We love Brandy Seagon from McDonald's as well. My guy Steve Rogers as well from Gord's Appliance and Mattress Center. Anything else? Oh, Lee Malbuff. Yeah, bad beef. We love Lee Malbuff. We love Scott Finley and the Grand Ones. Chris Folds, Greg the Engineer, Magic Mike and Bill. See you last week. <laughs>